We've seen similar patterns around paternity leave around the world. The main reason that men don't use the full number of days, and we don't anywhere, even in the most progressive countries, we're worried what it means to our career. And women have had to deal with this forever, so I'm not telling you anything new that you're kind of giving an apology for the fact that I have a life that goes beyond the workplace. And that life, if I'm part of the two-thirds to 80% of individuals who have children to take care of at some point over their lifespan or work span, that's normal. <laughs> and I think we've got to get leaders in workplaces, and that's why the importance of folks in the C-suite and politicians, male politicians in particular, leading by example. You know, show that you took off because your child has this health issue. Make that normal for all the staff under you. I am intrigued by some corporations that are starting to make paternity leave obligatory. A group in Brazil called Grupo Boticario is doing that. Volvo is doing it, not quite obligatory, but it's kind of presumed that when you're going to have a child, you'll take the full amount of leave. This has to be normal because it's really tough to take on your boss or workplace culture as an individual. But if we make it normal because you see other men doing it and it's clear that men at the top and women at the top of an organization believe that, then we stop having to have it be the exception when your husband is having to make that call. It should just be a normal thing. I'm your host, Michelle King, joined by Kelly Thompson, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who were innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. Men's ability to financially support their family is equated with their identity and self-worth. Living up to this requires that men have a job, conform to the 1950s ideal worker image, and advance at work. This is the expectation we all hold for men, and it limits men's freedom to explore their identities outside of work. We need to let go of the idea that women's careers are somehow expendable, but men's careers are not. This is not just good for women, it's good for men. For example, a 2016 study found that men are better able to accommodate their dual identities as father and breadwinner when their wives work, because they get to define success outside of just the breadwinner role. Sharing the burden to provide for the family frees men up to rethink their identity. The greatest challenge that men face in straying from the breadwinner role is the risk of losing their sense of self-worth and social status. When men don't work, they forego their place in society. Men can no longer build their confidence through their work, so they need to find this somewhere else. Research investigating how men deal with job loss finds that not only do men carry a heavy financial and emotional strain when they let go, but they also struggle with the sense that somehow they're no longer real men. We look down on men who are not breadwinners because they're not fulfilling the role that society holds for men. Research also finds this can be painful for men, especially if they stay-at-home dads and their wives take on the breadwinner role. Men may even try to rebalance their perceived loss of masculinity by being less supportive when it comes to childcare and domestic chores. To realise the positive outcomes associated with gender equality, we need to change how we see men and women's roles at home. For example, research finds that men who view their spouses' roles or careers as merely supportive of their own careers tend to believe that their work and commitment to the organisation is the number one priority. However, Men who prioritise their spouses' careers tend to be more egalitarian in their approach at home. 
If men want to integrate fatherhood and working life, they can start by considering how they value their relationships at home and their identities outside of work. Gender roles in society put us in boxes labelled with how we're expected to be based on our assigned sex, and it starts really early. For its Good Childhood Report published in the summer, the Children's Society asked children what features they thought their friends would say were most important in boys and in girls. For both boys and girls, being good-looking was the standout characteristic. For boys, the second most important was being funny, whereas for girls, it was being caring. Though gender roles vary across cultures, of course, Planned Parenthood point out that girls and women are generally expected to dress in typically feminine ways, be polite, accommodating and nurturing, whereas men are generally expected to be strong, aggressive and bold. It's perhaps never been more important to rethink gender roles, including the particular challenges that these create for fathers at work. The pandemic has presented us with an opportunity to revalue how we share the load at home and at work. In May 2020, the Office for National Statistics found that the first COVID lockdown led to a 58% increase in childcare undertaken by men. And while women still did more childcare, the gender care gap narrowed. And a separate report from the Fatherhood Institute found that 78% of dads spent more time with their children, 59% did more housework, and 65% reported a better relationship with their child or children after the spring 2020 COVID lockdown. But while men are spending more time with their children, the gender gulf remains huge. According to the State of the World's Fathers 2021 report, globally women do three to ten times more unpaid care and domestic work than men. They also make up 70% of the global paid care workforce, but represent only 25% of senior roles. In fact, at the current rate of change, the world is at least 92 years away from achieving equality in unpaid care work between men and women. To unpack this important issue, we're joined by the report's author, Gary Barker, who'll start us off by sharing how the role of fathers has changed over time. As with anything, the change is kind of upward moving snowball, sort of gathering a little bit of momentum and maybe coming down at times and going back up. But As women have entered the paid workforce in many parts of the world, some men have got the message of, oh, I have to pick up more of the slack. (laughs) And I've got to move from, you know, conjugating the verb of I help with the care to I do the care. It is, you know, what I need to be doing as well. And so, you know, part of this is the reaction to women in the workplace as equals that we're starting to see that. And I think it takes clusters and groups of men where men see other men doing this and see it as normal. And then the world around us sees it as normal. So the pediatrician or the daycare worker stops sending home the notes to mom and says, you know, dear parent, to seeing daycare workers as men, seeing primary school teachers as men, to say, oh, yeah, there's nothing written in stone anywhere that men don't know how to do this. So I think, you know, that's the thing that starts to push it ahead. And then we've got a few countries that do really progressive paternity leave policies, you know, mostly Scandinavian ones. And the rest of us go, oh, why can't we have that in Brazil or in Washington, D.C.? And then we get a younger generation of men who are partnered in the context of heterosexual relationships, who are partnered with women who say, dude, get it. You're not going to be interesting to me if you don't get this or we're going to have lifetime of strife or we might not be together. You know, men respond to demand. And on the, you know, COVID has been a wake up call on care. We've got women doing more and men doing more. Women were already doing more of it. So their more comes on top of already doing the bigger share. But men globally from data we've seen are doing three and a half hours more per on average per week. 
that's almost like an obligatory paternity leave for men. So the question is, will this sustain? Will men keep doing this? I think some will. I think we're kind of malleable. If, you know, if the world makes us as men do it, we will do it. <laughs> if we go back to normal and if normal is we go back to our offices and, you know, well, that's fine. I don't have to do it anymore. I think we'll slough off. So really, I think, you know, what can workplaces do to build on the positive side of COVID, which has been this awareness of care. Our kids are home. We're not commuting. Those of us who have the benefit and the privilege to be able to you know, work from home. So yeah, I think there's an opportunity in that crisis to use that cliche that I think is real in this case. It's really difficult to head home or switch off your computer at 5 p.m. if all your colleagues remain online or work until 8 p.m. But each of us can role model better workplace practices like working reasonable hours, taking breaks, and sharing our needs outside of work. We can all make it easier for men to share their identities outside of work by being more transparent about the needs and challenges we face integrating work and home life. If you have to take your son to the doctor, then own it. By doing this, you're establishing a new standard for work-life integration, and this makes it easier for the men and women you work with to do the same, because they know you will support them. This is an especially powerful action that leaders can take, when male leaders share their personal identities outside of work, they make it easier for everyone else to do the same. This can be as simple as men openly discussing the importance of work-life balance, putting family needs ahead of the organizations, reducing hours spent in the office, as well as speaking up when banter excludes or marginalizes minority groups of work. Outside of every single one of us taking action, it's really important to hold our companies accountable for how they value care. Here, Gary shares what organizations can do. We all believe that women should be fully in paid workplaces and in positions of leadership and community participation to the full degree that men are. I don't think there's much debate about that in the planet anymore. <laughs> and yet we get stuck when we say, so why isn't that happening? One of the main reasons, if not the main reason, depending on where you look, is unpaid care. Who does it? We've achieved something close to equality in or some couples are achieving equality in some parts of the world, but it's still women doing on average three times the amount of it. You know, and even when we talk about the paid care work, it's typically underpaid and not everything it should be because we don't put the resources and attention that it needs. So both kind of for quality of life that we have, and if we want to achieve gender equality, we keep looking at this as an issue that we can't somehow achieve equality on, that we're so used to women picking up the pieces. <laughs> at so many levels in middle-income households, higher-income households, low-income households. We're so used to either women who are our family members or women that we pay to pick up the care work that it's kind of become the wallpaper. And I think what our work has said, if we achieve equality on this at the household level, the community level, the country level, all kinds of things pay forward. Women say they're happier and healthier. They say they like their intimate relationships better with their male partners who do their share of the care work. Men live longer and are healthier. Children are better off. Their development looks better. Girls raised by more involved male caregivers tend to show more empowered views in the world. Sons raised by more involved fathers show more equitable views in the world. So it pays forward in so many different ways. But even if you don't get that part to say you can't achieve the equality that we all want, if you don't talk about the care equality. 
workplaces have got to take it seriously to acknowledge, I think, the push for parental leave and to say we need maternity and paternity leave and leave for all kinds, I think, is one way. How do we as workplaces make that possible? I think it's got to be the center of policy attention. You know, at the moment, upper income, middle income countries have very piecemeal policies, a little bit of leave policy here, a little bit of publicly subsidized childcare there. Maybe you've tweaked your pension plans. Maybe you've done a campaign once in a while for men to do a bit more, but it's all spread out. One of the things we've been calling for is a kind of a central policy that says we've got as a country, a care policy, and here's what it has. And let us, you know, fight it out on the parliamentary floor of what needs to be in it. And then we need the norm change. We need to make it normal that it's kind of strange, isn't it, that we ask, you know, let's say a heterosexual man in a household at the age of 30, say, hey, be a fully involved parent. Although you probably didn't see your father as a fully involved, you know, half the care work father. And we just sort of expect you from day one, How do we start earlier with that, right? With our sons, we know the inequality that I cited before. Girls are doing three and a half times more than their brothers of the hands-on care work. We make this normal from early childhood onward. And so we've got to break that cycle from that early. So I guess those would be among the places I would start. Workplaces that value it, a really strong policy, you know, placed in one central care policy, and then doing the lifting it requires to do the narrative shift and to make this normal that boys and men stop applauding us when we change a nappy and say, no, I expect you to change a nappy. This just needs to be, you know, normal stuff that we expect of all human beings that we know how to care. Masculine norms stipulate how men can think, feel and respond to the challenges they face at work. And that only serves to make those challenges harder. Research finds that men who avoid seeking help with emotional problems are at greater risk for depression. In a survey by Priory, the majority of men polled said that their mental health was having a negative impact on their work performance, on their parenting ability and their relationships as well. But 40% of those same men said it would take thoughts of suicide or self-harm to compel them to seek professional help. While men might have lower rates of depression compared to women overall, this gap is narrowing. Current figures might also not be entirely accurate, given that men tend to underreport their symptoms and are less likely to seek help than women. The barriers for men created by masculine norms and expectations contribute to the disproportionate rates of alcoholism and suicide amongst men. And in masculine workplace cultures, men often feel an increased pressure to conform to the so-called ideal standard, and this negatively impacts their well-being. In fact, research finds that individuals working in male-dominated industries are at higher risk for depression because of factors like working hours, job demands, role conflict, a lack of social support and emotional demands. If we want to give men the opportunity to redefine their roles at home and work, we need to redefine our notions of what it means to be a man. Here Gary shares why disrupting gender norms from a young age is critical when it comes to advancing equality. We spend a huge amount of time as children in school and at home. What are the messages that we send to our sons about either the kinds of toys they play with or the kinds of things we encourage them to do at chores at home or the hands-on care of, of children? So I think we've got a huge imagination that we need to push to how do we build this into advertising and the TV that our children are watching and what they hear from us at home to say, Care isn't male or female, it's human, and all of us need it. You know, if I think of one of the programs that has most inspired us is a program called Roots of Empathy, which is also it's in the UK, Canada, US, another 15 or so countries, that a parent will take a young child into the classroom and 
children between the ages of six and 13 will look at this, observe this developing child and kind of look at what's happening over the course of a couple of weeks of how just how the skills and the abilities of a, of a young child just change so quickly. And it really is enabling them to do something that all humans know how to do, which is to be connected, to be attuned, to look at the needs of another, to feel and practice empathy as an action verb. And so I think opportunities for that, that we not only call out when boys or girls misbehave, which we're really good in school, but in fact, call out what do we mean by empathetic behaviors? And how do we make that ungendered that we expected of boys and girls? And teaching our sons that I think is a upward urgent battle, but I think is a key one. So it's not like we're trying to say, you know, a man in his 40s, hey, you've never learned it before, but could you now be an attuned caregiver? It starts by what we see other caregivers around us do. Parents can do that, of course, as well. You don't just need a school program. And we know that boys who see their fathers do this are more likely to do it in the future. And I'd like men to feel a sense of, I need to model this as well at home. And mothers part of that as well as caregivers of all kinds need to be part of that modeling early on. The reason it's so hard for men to deviate from the masculine standard is because they face social penalties. Men must prove their masculinity, especially at work. That's why they demonstrate competitive, aggressive and risky behaviors to the detriment of themselves and their organization. Men are usually rewarded for taking on these traits by being included in male-dominant groups, which is why it's actually up to men to reset these behaviours. Men are in a unique position to undo the challenges that gender inequality creates for them. Here Gary shares how. We've seen similar patterns around paternity leave around the world. The main reason that men don't use the full number of days, and we don't anywhere, even in the most progressive countries, We're worried what it means to our career. And women have had to deal with this forever. So I'm not telling you anything new that you're kind of giving an apology for the fact that I have a life that goes beyond the workplace. And that life, if I'm part of the two thirds to 80% of individuals who have children to take care of at some point over their lifespan or work span, that's normal. (laughs) And I think we've got to get leaders in workplaces. And that's why the importance of folks in the C-suite and politicians, male politicians in particular, leading by example, you know, show that you took off because your child has this health issue. Make that normal for all the staff under you. I'm intrigued by some corporations that are starting to make paternity leave obligatory. A group in Brazil called Grupo Boticario is doing that. Volvo is doing it, not quite obligatory, but it's kind of presumed that when you're going to have a child, you'll take the full amount of leave. This has to be normal because it's really tough to take on your boss or workplace culture as an individual. But if we make it normal because you see other men doing it and it's clear that men at the top and women at the top of an organization believe that, then we stop having to have it be the exception when your husband is having to make that call to just be a normal thing. It's often assumed that women are the only ones who struggle with managing the dual identities associated with work and home life. But men struggle too, as they don't have the opportunity to explore their identities outside of work and become more than a prototypical provider. For many heterosexual couples, sharing the breadwinner and caretaker roles is how men and women can begin to treat each other as equal partners. If this speaks to you, one action you can take is to consider how you value men and women's contributions at home and work. Think about the following questions and maybe discuss those that are relevant to you with your partner or a colleague. Do you enable your partner to pursue their work and family goals? Do you consider your partner's career ambitions to be as important as your own? 
How do you ensure a balance in your house between work and family obligations? What value do you believe your partner's work provides to the household? If you're married or in a committed relationship, how do you construct your identity in relation to your partner if they work? What's your identity outside of your role as the breadwinner? And what can you do at home to transition to a bread sharer? How do you help carry the emotional load at home by supporting your children's development and emotional well-being? What tasks and responsibilities associated with domestic and dependent care duties to the day-to-day management of the household and children can you take on to better manage the mental load? Because some men are in positions of power and privilege, it's easy to assume that workplaces work for all men. It's this lack of awareness that keeps the barriers in place and often prevents men from truly investing in gender equality. Companies have business cases and documents detailing all the ways that gender equality will benefit the organisation, but these very rarely include the benefits that men stand to gain. By understanding the challenges that gender inequality creates for men, the business case for men is clear. Changing the status quo will of course serve women, but it will also free more men to pursue new paths to power and identities outside of work. Thank you for tuning in to our episode today. If you're interested in partnering with us or being a guest on the show, then please reach out through our website, thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter and contribute your story there. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week.